It's another edition of the College Radar Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella. We are on air. Oh, can you feel it, baby? Can you smell it, baby? It's pigskin in the air. It's fresh cut grass. It's the humid days of August. It's football season. We're 12 days away from kicking off the College Gridiron Showcase Roadshow in association with the NFL Draft Bible, Hawaii at UMass. I am your host, Rick Saratella. I will be on location to kick off the college football season action and Boy, we've talked about a tight end by the name of Adam Brenneman there at UMass. The same week, we will be at the Wagner opening to check out our top-rated FCS quarterback, Alex Thompson, and some of the Wagner prospects. We'll also be on location for Rutgers at Washington, which is a Friday night. And then we're going to visit our good friends, over at Penn State University. Of course, later today I'll be at Monmouth University, Monmouth College down in South Jersey, talking about Mike Basile, who we'll discuss on the defensive back preview show. But today we're coming back at you with the edge rushers and the linebackers. Uh, We had Joe Everett on, on, on Friday to break down the defensive linemen, interior linemen, the 34 defensive ends, And that was on Friday. Now we're back with a brand-new edition on Monday, cranking through all the positional previews uh, before the season gets underway and cranking them through position by position. So if you're tuning in and you're just uh, catching this show now, we've we've broke it down starting with quarterbacks uh, all the way up to today, edge rushers and linebackers. So, uh, a little bit about the College Good Orange Showcase and Symposium. This will be the fourth year down in uh, Addison, Texas at the new home. The fourth year based out of Texas All-Star event, over 130 NFL scouts. Uh, we had 30 of 32 NFL teams. Excuse me, we got about 90 players right now uh, participating in training camps and NFL preseason. So, it kicks off the draft season January 6th through the 10th. If you didn't book your reservations, make sure you do. We're setting it off, kicking off the draft season. It's held right before the Shrine game and the Senior Bowl, and it's a really good look. I think we've done a great job with our NFL Draft Bible scouting staff and College Gridiron Showcase decision makers. Shout out to Jose Jefferson and Craig Red. I think we've done a really great job of cornering that undrafted free agent market. Now, we did have three players drafted. But the fact that we have nearly 100 players participating in the NFL preseason means we're doing a pretty damn good job combing the nation from top to bottom, bottom to top, left to right. You want to do the comb over. Of course, Joe Everett not with us today, never leaving a stone unturned. And we missed this guy on the last episode. He's with us today to break down the pass rushers and linebackers. He is the assistant director of college football scouting over at the NFL Draft Bible. Of course, you can follow him. You can tango with him on Twitter, at GamScout, G-A-M-S-C-O-U-T. He is Justin Gamble. Right now on that Defined Fuel Hotline, we welcome him into the show. How are we doing today, Justin? Talking a little edge rushers, baby. 
Good to be back, dude. Good to be back for the exciting stuff, too. None of that tight end stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, part of some of these linebacking uh, tasks at the Cos Gridiron Showcase practices, uh, as you saw, was to cover some of those tight ends and cover players coming out of the backfield. Of course, the edge rushers, we got a good look at them going one-on-one in the trench warfare. But from a scouting perspective, uh, Justin, and, and for those of you who don't know, we haven't made an official announcement, but the College Gridiron Showcase will be doing a scouting course with some former NFL GMs, with the NFL Draft Bible scouting staff, with a lot of experienced people. So you can actually have the opportunity to be on the field and scout with us field level like a real NFL scout. We'll have more details about that on cgsallstar.com. But, Justin, from your point of view, obviously our first year working with the College Gridiron Showcase guys uh, last year, what was some of the takeaways you took away from just the drills and the way the practice practices were run when you evaluate these edge rushers and linebackers? We'll start with the we'll start with the edge rushers. Um, I guess one of the things I guess I didn't necessarily learn, but it was definitely reassured with me um, to see up close again was just that you can't fake um, this this trench warfare. Um, you can't fake, I mean, I, you know, when it comes to skill positions, you can be an athlete and people, you can fool people. But when it comes to putting your hand down in the dirt and fighting hand to hand, um, so it just makes sense for some of these guys. They don't appear to think they just fight and they naturally understand what they're trying to do with their hands. Um, the guys who, the guys who that didn't apply to they you know, they stuck out like a sore thumb. It was quickly, they were quickly kind of filtered through. And when they came up, we knew, we remembered this guy, we knew what to expect. But the dudes who just <laughs> went head to head and fought it out, I mean, there was no faking that. They just it, it just made so much sense for them. Um for the linebackers, you can tell the guys that have played their whole life. You can tell the guys that naturally they line up and it's just like I've been doing this since I was five. You know what I mean? They they don't think, they just react. They they understand the flow of the, the offense, they understand how to attack the gaps, they understand how to take on blocks. Um you know, they read the flow, they counter it. These guys, it's just a different position than um, than a lot of the skill positions. Linebackers are a different breed altogether. I mean, the crazier, the better. And it was it was really fun watching a lot of these guys, especially some of the SEC kids. I mean, or, well, let's see, P.J. Davis from uh, Georgia Tech, fun guy to watch. He was one of the ones that just was the hammerhead, just put his head in there mm-hmm. and just ran all weekend, so – all week. So, um, yeah, for these guys, there's just, I'll say it again, there's just no faking it. They either have it or they don't. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, you you mentioned the one-on-one trench warfare. I mean, I think that was the quickest we've seen uh, in terms of separation of players. Who's who's legit and who's kind of on the fence. And I think the guys that really stood out are on rosters right now. And the guys that were just, hmm. Some of them got tryouts. Some of them have been released, but uh, quite a few guys still uh, on rosters. A lot of developmental players. You mentioned a guy like PJ Davis out of Georgia Tech, just a thumper, uh, a shade under five foot ten. But I know our defensive coordinator Marvin Jones had nothing but rave reviews. And you know, PJ Davis honestly was one of the last guys that we added on to the roster, and and he kind of popped up 
on our radar at the end, and we got him in there, and he came down. He made some plays. He had some fumble recoveries. He had a big uh, interception return. And now he's uh, down in Jacksonville along with Justin Horton, too, trying to make a little bit of a name for himself. But, uh, you know, there was quite a few guys here, Justin, uh, from the showcase uh, that we had our eye on. Who who are, you know, a, a player or two here that you're keeping tabs on during the preseason? Definitely my guy, Corey Vereen from Tennessee. Um, he's not a flashy guy. He's not a workout warrior. But on tape at Tennessee, as well as at the CGS, um, had outstanding technique with his hands. Mm-hmm. He just – it was guys that he didn't have to fake it. He just went in there. He knew what he was doing. And, you know, he put people on notice. Um, the functional strength of this kid, uh, his ability to win the leverage battles was just outstanding. Um, there was really not much he couldn't do from a football perspective. I mean, he was a, just a true football player, understood every aspect of the game, um, really savvy kid, uh, played through the whistle every single snap. I think um, down in – or up in New England, I mean, this is Belichick's type of guy. This is the type of guy that, you, you know, put in a role that's suited for his strengths and eventually might be able to be a rotational um, type of kid. So um, he's someone that I'm watching pretty closely that I think might actually have a shot at, you know, sticking somewhere, hopefully hopefully New England. Yeah, I mean, this guy, you, you said it, uh, especially with the one-on-ones. I remember I think he was one of the first, if not the first, pass rushers lined up in the drill. And the very first rep, he comes out, he pulls out a, a, a quick spin move, out of the and, repertoire yeah. and, and, and just, you know, QB sack right off the gate. Uh, got my attention from the get-go and held my attention throughout the week. And a guy, yeah, I think he could carve a little situational uh, type of role for himself there. Uh, another guy that was gaining a lot of attention after the practices meeting with scouts was uh, this Northwestern Oklahoma State product, Joby St. Lior, and a guy that we didn't really have a whole heck of a lot of film, uh, but what we did see of him, we liked. We had uh, nothing but great reports from uh, fellow scouts and, and his coaches. We brought him down to the College Gridiron Showcase, and, man, he he was one of the hotter commodities. He is now with the uh, Miami Dolphins, and we'll see if he flourishes there. Um, but Matt Galambos, a guy that was uh, from the University of Pittsburgh, now in the Steelers camp. B.J. Bello, another guy with the Browns who's looking uh, to compete in that linebacker rotation. And then the Packers, I mean, the Packers have all kinds of Division II, small school, college gridiron showcase alumni in their training camp. Cody Hyman, uh, look out for him there in Packers camp. And, Justin, how about this for an incredible stat? I was watching the Packers preseason game and listening to the broadcasting team. Out of the 90 players – on that Green Bay roster right now, 77 or 77 of them first team was the Green Bay Packers, whether it was draft, undrafted rookie free agent, 77 of those 90 players came through the Packers system, which means you've seen, you've seen their roster, Jay. I mean, at least a third, maybe half of their roster is just undrafted free agents. And they stash these guys on the practice squad for a year or two. And then you see, they don't overpay for their own free agents. You know, they always have another guy coming up through the system. It, it seems like the better teams that stay on top of the league uh, tend to do this with better success. 
Well, I mean, talking with a lot of the guys that um, in the scouting circles I kind of hang out with and whatnot, and some of the trusted um, words of mouth that I, you know, hang out with, again, it's I don't think anyone questions whether Ted Thompson is a good evaluator. I think people question whether or not he's a good team builder. But there's no question – there's no – you know, no one ever says, well, this guy doesn't recognize talent. I mean, he's one of the best. He's old school. He just heads out on the field, you know, gets his binoculars and finds guys. And that's just what <laughs> he does. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, so, um, that I mean, that stat does not shock me. When it comes to Ted Thompson, um, he would be one of the few that, you know, what he says, I, I, you know, I'm perking up and I'm listening to because that guy knows his stuff. Yeah, one of the best in the business, and uh, you're tuned in to the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. We're going to dive into some pass rushes. We're going to get into some linebacker talk today. And, you know, listen, if you're a coach out there, if you're a player out there, you want to know how to be nominated or get on that watch list, you go to cgsallstar.com. January 6th through the 10th, cgsallstar.com. We have the initial watch list out. We're going to expand that. You can follow those guys at CGS All-Star. Of course, you can follow us at NFL Draft Bible. We've got all kinds of new content on uh, NFLDraftBible.com. We have some of our previous College Gridiron Showcase episodes. We have player spotlight, uh, prospect interviews. We have uh, NFL training camp on location, video reports, rookie interviews, uh, undrafted rookie free agents, some pretty cool and interesting stuff. Check it all out. Justin, it's time. Uh, Joe on Friday talking about defensive linemen, and and uh, he was kind of jealous that he was going to miss today's episode. And and who doesn't love uh, pass rushers, right? So uh, analyzing this 2018 NFL draft class, and of course for College Gridiron Showcase purposes, we're talking strictly senior prospects here. But uh, who are some of the top edge rushers in the land, in your opinion, here? E-man. I mean, these are the money makers, the money getters. Uh, this is exciting stuff. Um, top tier. It's, it's an interesting top tier for me this year because it's a lot of projection, I guess. There's a lot of these guys that are kind of stepping into new roles. Um, but if I'm going to go my – see, if I had to give top three, um, I'd probably end up saying or th- throwing out there, Marshall Frazier from Missouri. Um Mm-hmm. Another explosive edge rusher from Missouri, shocker. Um, uh, let's see. Jalen Holmes from Ohio State. And this is a guy that's under the radar, I think, to a lot of people. And I th- it's, it comes from he didn't really crack the starting rotation last year. He was a situational rusher. But, I mean, this guy has traits for days. He's body beautiful. He rushed from the outside, from the, in the interior. Um, he's all over the place. He's just got the functional strength, the explosion. Uh, he's like six five to almost two eighty. Guy's a guy's a nut job. Um and then Ogbonia Okoronko from Oklahoma. Um undersized, you know, six two, two forty, two fifty maybe. Uh but just g- plays with great leverage, has a great first step, um, can turn the you know, can bend the arc and turn the corner, flatten and get to the quarterback. He was a guy that kinda playing in the Big Twelve, it's tough to see true pass rush snaps because it's mostly just quick hit, you know, spread them out stuff. But this guy flashed on so many different occasions in, so, in such a limited, um, you know, he had limited exposure to actually being able to pin his ears back and just get after the quarterback. 
Uh, but he is one of the guys that heading into the year I'm going to keep a close eye on. Yeah, the NFL scouts, draft picks alike uh, should be taking notes because Justin's got some great perspective there. And, you know, Ohio State, we talked about it on Friday's show. It's kind of hard to have under-the-radar prospects there coming out from the Buckeyes program. But like you said, Justin, another one of these teams that just stash guys have players ready to go and, and, and they have to buy their time. they got to, you know, sit behind the players that go on as future first-round picks and – uh, Dante Booker, another guy there at the outside linebacker position that's expected to test well and, and uh, get drafted pretty high out of Ohio State. We have him as the number seven outside linebacker in the country. Uh, Marquise Haynes, a lot of people are familiar with from Ole Miss. He comes yeah. in as our number six outside linebacker prospect. And another guy, Justin, you know, this guy people don't really know is he uh, – defensive end is he an outside linebacker does he really is he a safety does he even have a position at the (laughs) next level but he is one heck of a college uh football player the production is there the ability is there but where do you play the guy i mean if you look at a guy like leonard floyd who we had similar questions about and kind of played a similar role as like edge off ball just all over the place um, and now Leonard Floyd's completely balling out. I think one of the things for these lanky, undersized guys you have to ask yourself is, um, is he versatile enough to do more than just play on the line? And Marquise Haynes is. I mean, we've seen him drop into coverage. We've seen him play legit off the linebacker. Um, and you also have to ask, is he functionally strong enough to actually be a pass rusher when we need him to be? And I don't know if anyone watched the Bama game last year, but Marquise Haynes is flattening Cam Robinson – um, he's destroying the Florida State uh, offensive tackles. Um, he converts speed to power. He's got arms for days. Um, I don't think there's any question that he could probably play outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense. Um, but could he play Sam in a 43? Probably as well. I mean, he's great in space. This is one of the best athletes I think I've seen. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I mean, he is just wildly gifted, um, whether it's, you know, in the trenches or whether it's in space off the ball. So I don't think there's a whole lot he can't do. I think the things that'll drop him a little bit when we come to draft day or his age, I believe he'll be a 25 year old rookie. I believe don't quote me on that, but I know he's older than most of the, the guys coming out. Um, and then we'll have to see what he weighs. And I know, you know, no matter how strong he is, his weight will be an issue, but I don't think that there's a whole lot this guy cannot do at this point. Talking edge rushers here, and, you know, Justin, I don't know if you see any potential first-round guys, but the national consensus, when you take a look around the scouting community, Harold Landry out of Boston College at outside linebacker and Bradley Chubb at North Carolina State. That NC State defensive line, they got about four four or five draft picks up front there. But those are probably two of the uh, consensus overall prospects at the defensive end and outside linebacker position. Any chance either of these guys or maybe both of these guys can crack that first round? See, I think in a, in a class that wasn't so deep, I think there's a legit shot. Um, both of them do. Bradley Chubb, for me, is a good player, and I think he – a lot of people compare him to Derek Barnett last year, and they say he's a better version of Derek Barnett. And while I agree, I think this extremely deep class might not allow him to crack the first round just because I don't think he's going to test spectacular. I'm um, on tape. He's not a huge burst and bend guy. He's more of a, you know, head up, kind of get off the ball, work you with his hands and eventually get there. 
Um, I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, he's going to drop a little bit. Uh, Harold Landry, still kind of a mystery to me. When I watch him on tape, I don't see a super explosive guy like some are referring to. I don't see the first mm-hmm. step. Um, he, yeah, is he a fluid athlete? Absolutely. Can he bend? Yes. But I'm not sure I see someone that flies off the ball like, you know, the typical edge screamer. And I, um, he's being talked up like he's a top ten pick, and I'm not sure I get that yet. But I do think Harold Landry has first-round traits. I think he's more of a what-you-see-is-what-you-get guy. Um, and that can be a positive or a negative, but I do think he's probably a seven to eight to nine, um, you know, sacks guy a year, which is first round worthy. Serviceable. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. You saw what Taco Charlton did the other day in the preseason game. And, you know, if he gives the Cowboys nine, 10 sacks a season, they'll be ecstatic about it. But I'm glad you said that about Landry because he was a guy that I really broke down during the off season. And, and I agree with your assessment. You know, I, I really didn't see this elite type of um, pass rushing talent that everybody is seems to be hyping up uh, entering the preseason here. Now, do I think he's a, a first round talent? Certainly has all the traits and characteristics that you look for. Um, but there's also some things I'd like to see him do better. So, you know, we'll be at a Boston college game or two. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on Harold Landry, probably a guy though that's going to see the senior bowl. Um, let's talk about some under-the-radar prospects, Justin, because, you know, between under-the-radar and FCS guys, these are some of the guys that tend to fall through the cracks during the all-star evaluation period. Some of these guys sometimes sl- slip through the cracks and, and come participate in the College Gridiron Showcase. But uh, talking under-the-radar edge rushers for the uh, 2018 NFL Draft seniors, who do you got for us here? Little guy from your neck of the woods, buddy. Uh, Kamoko Toure from Rutgers. Um, <laughs> a guy, I mean, is there a more gifted player in college football on the defensive line? I mean, this guy is insane. But for some reason, he cannot stay on the field at Rutgers, not because of health, but because the coaches won't put him on the field. And he, he just can't seem to find his way into their starting rotation. And, I mean, I know he's undersized a little bit. He's lanky, and he's not a great run stopper, which I get. So, I mean, and naturally Rutgers is just getting, you know, blown off the ball all game anyway. So it's not like they can afford to put their best pass rushers out there when they're never in a passing situation. However, I mean, this guy's been compared to to, uh, Alden Smith. He's got the the size, the arms for days, man. I mean, he's explosive. He can bend the corner. He can turn the corner. He can bend the edge. Um, He's a natural pass rusher. I mean, he understands how to set up his guys and counter their move. If you, there's just so much this guy is innate at doing. There's so many things that he just does naturally. For him to not be able to um, sustain snaps over there is insane to me. But, I mean, he's definitely wild card. If he pulls it together, um, I think you're looking at a first-round pick. If he stays the way he does, you might see him go undrafted. But he's definitely a guy mm-hmm. that wants to get super- camp I think people are going to be like how did this freak athlete you know go under the radar so long what happened what did we miss yeah probably uh one of the most disappointing being you know having followed Rutgers my entire life probably one of the most disappointing players to just in terms of the hype out of high school the Kamoko Dragon uh really enjoyed a lot of success on special teams early on in his career with the blocked field goals. And I think, 
you know, that's what really was starting to get people excited. You see this guy, like, with his huge wingspan, just the athleticism and, like, blocking field goals like he's Shaquille O'Neal out there. But then, you know, ran into some injury problems and it just has been unable to crack the playing rotation, never mind winning a starting job. He just hasn't even been able to win snaps and playing time. So it's been very disappointing. The Ohio State guys now that came over with Ash are, are trying to untap some of that potential. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Justin, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's not going to get the combine invite to show scouts that explosiveness and the measurables, and he'll be relegated to the Rutgers Pro Day, which didn't exactly have a, 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 a great turnout uh, last year. So, you know, the Komoko Dragon, Komoko Toure, Buyer beware, but definitely a guy. I would love to get him down at the College Gridiron Showcase, match him up against the talent down there and see, you know, if some of our defensive co- – I, I bet Coach Don Winnick <laughs> would you like to get him. Oh, my God. <laughs> and try to Can you imagine his stuff. face if we put two in? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of to like, a lot of um, traits to mold. And um, – you know, my under-the-radar – you have any other under-the-radar guys, Justin? No, take it away, man. My under-the-radar guy is going to be from the University of Texas, San Antonio. Yep, the UTSA, the, the newly football program. Uh, Marcus Davenport, uh, just keep a lookout for this guy. Uh, I've heard some good things. Six foot seven, 245 pounds. Uh, if you if you watched the game against Texas A&M last year, he was all over the field. He had 11 tackles uh, and, and on the season was just uh, productive all year long, you know, with 68 tackles, 10 for loss, four and a half sacks. But uh, very, very similar uh, size and, and speed. I'm not saying his skill set is there, but I'm saying that very similar uh, frame and attributes as a small school guy out of Akron back in 1997, a third round pick that recently went into the hall of fame, Jason Taylor. I'm just saying, remember the name Marcus Davenport under the radar guy. Um, in terms of FCS, Justin, you know, right now, the, the, the top guy that I see at the FCS level is uh, Ebenezer, Ogundeko, who started off at Clemson, had a bunch of off-the-field issues there, uh, credit card fraud, I believe, transferred to Tennessee State, unfortunately had another encounter where he was arrested for assault like a week after transferring. But this guy, you know, he played half the season within, you know, last year he was injury-riddled, only played half the season. Still managed uh, five and a half sacks and 11 tackles for loss, 48 tackles for the year. But this guy at one time was very highly recruited, uh, began his collegiate career at Clemson, has the scouts' attention now. The off-field issues, probably too many red flags to get him drafted. But this is going to be a guy, if you remember, our Monty Bryant was a great case study. And uh, he yeah. seems to still be getting in trouble. But uh, this is going to be one of those guys where, you know, risk-reward, how do you weigh this kind of thing? Are you asking me how do I weigh that kind of thing? 
yeah, how do you weigh something like that when you have a talented player such as that, but you have the off-field risks? You're an NFL general manager. You're only getting seven, yeah. you know, picks per year. Is that a guy that you could really roll the dice on in the late round, or do you go after him in, a, in an undrafted type of situation? You know, man. I mean, from what I've picked up, especially from the College Ground Showcase, which was a great experience watching all the players go meet with the scouts. Um, you know, and we, we had that firsthand look at how that kind of works and what the scouts ask the players and what they want from these guys. I think it's one of those – it's definitely a case-by-case thing. Because, um, I mean, even in the short time that we gave, you know, all the all the scouts and player personnel guys to meet with our – you know, the guys on the, on the CGS roster, they picked up an astonishing amount about who these players were what kind of guys they were. I mean, some of them, you know, they'd come back from the meeting room and scouts were like, that guy's a wacko. And it's just like, you talk to him for five minutes. How do you know that? You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's it's one of those things where until you meet a kid, it's, I don't think you you, you can touch him. Um, if, if a guy has off-field issues that are that, you know, substantial, until you meet him and you can confirm this guy's not insane or this guy is, you know, he has, he has his head on straight, he just made a few bad decisions, Personally, I if I was running a team, there's no chance I'm taking a guy like that. Because, you know, first day he walks into your locker room, you realize this dude is a psychopath. You made the decision to, you know, waste a draft pick on him. So, um, before maybe I would have had a different opinion on that, but the CGS has definitely given me a lot more perspective and a lot more information. Um, it's made me more knowledgeable on a lot of things like this. With, with Just from seeing firsthand, as well as talking with scouts and everything, um, you got to meet the kids. If you don't meet the kids, you don't you don't pick them on your team. Yeah, interesting take, and of course, you know you're dealing with you know young twenty year old college players, and uh, yeah, it's incredible some of the things that come out of their mouth at times. And you know, remember too, we kick off the first week of January. A lot of these players still haven't signed with an agent yet, so they're not prepped for any of this. So the, the NFL teams are really getting them in a very raw part of the NFL draft process as opposed to meeting with the player, say, middle of February, end of February, where, you know, the player probably has already signed with an agent, has had a month or six weeks of, of uh, media training and what to say. So it's a, a very interesting dynamic in that perspective. Uh, any other edge rushers you want to talk about, Justin, or shall we move on? Well, let me mention one more FCS guy that I had the chance to take a look at. Um, it was Javon Rollins-Jones from Arkansas State. Um, not a super toolsy guy, but a real uh, blue-collar football player. Um, he's played in the two-point stance. He's put his hand in the dirt um, consistently, snap after snap after snap. Dude is just jacking people up, um, running sideline to sideline in 2006, last year. He had 13 sacks. He had 19 and a half tackles for loss. Um, he's all over the field, and it's tough in some of these super spread systems when you're playing against those type of offenses to, you know, hustle, play in, play out, snap in, snap out. Um, but this guy's all over the place. Um, I think he's probably going to end up being a Sam in a 43 defense. He's only 6'2", like 245. But uh, – a solid football player, amazing football player. I had a buddy of mine, Ryan Booher. You can find him on Twitter. Um, kind of threw the name my way, and I took a look. And he's an impressive football player here, so it's definitely something to take a look at. 
I'm definitely going to check him out. Love those FCS players. And, uh, again, the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium, the most diverse college football all-star event out there. And, of course, we kick off January 6th through the 10th. Check out cgsallstar.com for more details. Nominate a player for the CGS All-Star. Sponsorship opportunities. We have the documentary coming out. So all kinds of stuff going on over there. Of course, nfldraftbible.com. We got our assistant director of college football scouting, Justin Gamble, on the hotline, breaking down the edge rushers. Of course, you know who I'd be. RIC in the place to be breaking it down for you. We're on a August 14th, 12 days away from that Hawaii at UMass kickoff that we'll be on location for. All right, Justin, let's switch gears here from edge rushers to linebackers across the board, 34 backers, 43 backers, inside, outside, upside, downside. Uh, One guy that uh, uh, Joe wanted us to discuss when you're talking about top-tier linebackers was uh, Mika Kaiser. I know he was a big fan and somebody I had a chance to break down during the offseason here out of Virginia. Cracked our top 100 overall prospects, came in, at number three in terms of uh, inside linebacker prospects, our second-rated inside linebacker prospect uh, behind Sean Dion Hamilton out of Alabama. But let me ask you, uh, Bama's got quite a few linebackers. How do you see the top-tier senior prospects in the nation? For me, the top tier consists of one guy, and I think one guy only. And it's just because he's so far ahead of others – when you watch him, especially athletically, um, I think Rashawn Evans from Bama. He's played on the edge. He's played off ball. But I don't think I, I don't think there's another athlete like this kid in any linebacking core in any team in the nation. Um, the size, the speed, the burst, the strength, um, the fluidity to run all over the field. I mean, I, I, I made a, a comparison on Twitter and I, I don't know how it went over well. I didn't even read the comments after. But uh, I said, when you watch Rashawn Evans play at Alabama, go watch Von Miller play at Texas A&M, and tell me you don't see some similarities to their game. Um, the ability to play off ball, the ability to rush from the edge, and do it so naturally. I mean, people think that, you know, you oh, you play linebacker. Well, go rush off the edge. It's the same, you know, you should be able to do it. There's a lot that goes into understanding how to be a pass rusher how to leverage the edge, how to read the offensive tackle, how to read the snap count and get off the ball. And this guy is just flying past people. I mean, the national championship, he easily beat Mitch Hyatt, the left tackle, who is, you know, garnering some serious hype. Uh, but flew off the – I mean, bends around him, gets to Deshaun Watson. Puts, I mean, there's just so much that this guy does that – Fly, just flashes off the tape, man. Um, he is definitely my top senior linebacker at this point. And I, I don't think um, that he's going to make it out of the first round when it comes to draft day. Well, you know, at six foot three, two 225 pounds, uh, you know, a lot of people think he'll run faster than, than most of the running backs in Indianapolis. And, you know, if he does that, I could see um, – you know, Ryan Shazer kind of combine type of performance where, you know, he, he just catapults so far up that, hey, before you know it, you could be looking at him as, as a top 10, top half of the first round selection overall. Now, uh, a couple other players here. One guy 
that we had as our ninth-ranked inside linebacker in the country, Jack uh, Sitchi from Wisconsin. Some mm-hmm. unfortunate bad news, Justin. Uh, torn ACL, I believe, is going to be out for the year and actually could could grant him a sixth year of elig- eligibility now with the yeah. potential medical redshirt. But this guy uh, w- was drawing the eyeballs of NFL scouts before the injury. Yeah, I mean, he's a little small, or at least he looks a little small. Um, one thing that I took away from him on tape was there was a lot of passive snaps from him. Um, there was some, you know, where he's flying through, shooting a gap, but there was a lot of snaps where I felt like if he had to sift through trash or take on a block, um, it kind of mitigated his abilities. It was kind of just like, where'd Sitchi go? Um, but, I mean, as a weak side linebacker, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think that that's probably where his best spot is, um, being more of a chase-and-run guy. So um, it's unfortunate that you get hurt your senior year. I mean, that's like literally the worst thing that can happen. But hopefully he'll get that last year of eligibility. We can see him put down a strong year and um, maybe find his way into the NFL without having to you know, take the odd route of being an undrafted, injured, whatever. You know, that would that'd be less than ideal, but – yeah, you know, uh, another guy at the linebacker position that was uh, very highly touted at one point in the conversation of a potential first-round pick, and that was, you know, before his injury last year, uh, that's Sky Moore over there at South Carolina. You know, this guy was very heavy on the NFL uh, radar. I think he had a neck injury. Uh, we'll see how he comes back from that, but – Definitely a guy uh, that is in the conversation. A good, good, good way to shift gears into under the radar linebackers because Sky Moore, he's he was so highly rated at one point that he's he's almost so far under the radar now. It's almost like you know he he could potentially be um, a bargain selection or a bargain undrafted free agent. But thoughts on Sky Moore and some of these other under the radar linebackers? I liked what I saw from Sky Moore. Um, Impressive athlete. Uh, I don't know if he was a, when I watched him. I didn't think, oh, top tier, you know, Jalen Smith type athlete. But this guy can play football. I mean, he's, you know, probably that notch or two under like the Shazier, uh, C.J. Mosley type linebacker. But he still is a run and chase guy. He's still got the athleticism to cover well, which he did. Um, so hopefully, you know, he comes back and has a strong year, regains that burst. Yeah, we'll see. He could end up in day two, maybe even, you know, push a little higher than that. So, it's all, it's all, who knows, man. It's all up there. So, uh, another guy that I liked last year on tape, Trey Williams from Auburn. Um, He's kind of what I wanted Raekwon McMillan to be, which was that big thumper in the middle that was an intimidator. Um, Just took on blocks consistently jack dudes up left and right um he's he's a guy that he'll fly across the field without breaking stride and you're thinking like this guy's not serious is he um and he's killing people so when you want a tone setter in the middle of your defense a big tone setter trey williams from auburn is one of the best that i've seen um at this point um and another guy that i really thought flashed when i was watching the playoffs and then went back and kind of watched regular season was Keyshawn bieria from washington a little undersized mm-hmm. he missed a tackles but what an athlete um can cover can cover with the best of them too i mean his click and close his ability in short areas is amazing um probably another weak side linebacker but a 
again, weak side linebackers, I, I think that's the forgotten position. People, you know, if, if you don't like a linebacker that much, you're like, oh, he's a weak side. No, that's a real important position in the NFL. I don't think people understand that. Um, and Bieria looks like a top tier, one of those. I think he's a very underrated athlete as well as linebacker overall. Yeah, uh, Washington with a handful of uh, prospects and a uh, couple linebackers there. They they have also uh, a Zane Victor that people are going to be high on there at the inside. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking at my under-the-radar guy, and I had a chance to, to take in several Maryland games over the past couple seasons. It's just a few hours down I-95 here, and I really like with um, – coach DJ Durkin is doing with the Terrapins and you know they've had some guys in the past come out of there Yannick and Gakway and uh, the defensive lineman from Seattle Quentin Jefferson but if you take a look at how he's using this kid Jesse Annie Bonham Jesse Annie Bonham mark this name down I would not be surprised if this guy catapults throughout the season I mean uh, top 100 guy potentially uh, if you take a look at how DJ uh, used Dante Fowler when when Durkin was at Florida. He has this kid, Annie Bonham, in that same buck position, it's called. And, you know, basically just get after the quarterback. And and Maryland plays a hybrid defense. Um, so you'll see Annie Bonham someplace. He'll be his hand in the dirt. Sometimes he'll be standing up on the edge. But this guy gets after it, and, you know, I'd like to see him bulk up a little bit, uh, you know, get stronger. My notes here, you know, he was, he was pushed back rather easily at times by the larger linemen. But um, this is a guy that's going to make some noise. I think he could be a, a potential bust-out player. And, uh, you know, if you're from the Maryland area, it's probably not that under the radar. But I think when you take a look at the grand scheme of things and the national recognition, here's a guy that's, probably not too many people have heard about, but they will come April. Um, talking linebackers, Justin Gamble, Rick Saratella, getting down to the nitty-gritty here, uh, 45 minutes in. If you're just tuning into the show, you want to catch the entire show, you missed the beginning of it, it'll be available in its entirety about 15 minutes after we wrap up. Of course, we're now on iTunes. You can catch it over at the NFLDraftBible.com. So uh, lots of great nuggets and information as we get down to FCS watch. Always my favorite, Justin. But uh, we talked about some FCS pass rushers. Uh, Who are some of these FCS linebackers that we should be aware of? You know I'm not the biggest FCS guy. It's not my specialty, especially this early in the process. But one guy that um, I had the pleasure of watching two years ago um, and then only three games last year, unfortunately, after his season-ending shoulder surgery, was Nick DeLuca from North Dakota State. Um, mm-hmm. North Dakota State, um, you know, something of legend over there in the FCS. And uh, this guy is in control of that defense. He's the field general of that defense. Um, smart football player. I, that's, I, I don't even know. That's not even the right adjective because it undersells it. I mean, this guy runs that defense. Um, sideline to sideline guy, just effort is off the charts. Um, it's it's one of those things when you describe a linebacker, you want to, you know, put them in perspective the way that you see them and the way you want to give them all their credit. But this, I mean, this guy is 
I don't know if he has the traits yet to be a dominant NFL linebacker, but when you watch the FCS level, um, this is as good as it gets. And if you haven't seen Nick DeLuca, he's got good size. He's a big guy. Um, he's got the strength to take on those blocks, and he's a, he's a technical guy. So if you're watching and you're saying, you know, is this just an athlete or is this someone I can put on if you're a coach and you want to say, I want my kids to watch this player, I want my players to watch this guy and see if they can take something away from him, absolutely. Put on his tape. Um, he's doing it the right way. He's doing it absolutely the right way, and he is an absolute pleasure to watch. Yeah, you know, a guy like Connor Harris out of Lindenwood comes to mind, just a tackling machine. I think he's in camp with the Jets now. But, I mean, this guy had 135 tackles two years ago, Nick DeLuca did for those uh, Bison. So, hey, North Dakota State does get some TV time. If, if you're into the FCS players, uh, that's going to be a guy that, you know, he was on this CGS radar heavily like you said, before the injury. And, you know, we might get lucky because that, those injuries, especially with small school players, tend to scare scouts and all-star games off a little bit. So hey, there's a chance you could see Nick DeLuca playing in the College Gridiron Showcase come January. Uh, one other FCS guy out of South Carolina State, you know, uh, talking to his head coach, Buddy Powell, he thinks that Darius Leonard is, is a top-notch talent in fact he he went as far to say that this guy could be a potentially top round player he has the nfl type of skill set and uh the production to back it up now so uh last year 124 tackles 14 and a half for loss three and a half sacks and four forced fumbles uh justin did you want to chime in there no i mean i'm just you know some of these names and some of the stats that you're given um just kind of blow my mind and there's I'm writing down names as we go there's a lot of guys that I still have not seen so I'm kind of just absorbing that's why we do this baby (laughs) it's like yeah it's like it's like being inside the 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 boardroom of the NFL draft bible and of course we break it down each and every week with Joe Everett with Justin Gamble with myself Rick Saratella we get the co-founders of the event uh Jose Jefferson and Craig Red to join us here and, and bring you up to date on things. But, uh, heck, Justin, I don't know. We must have put about three or four dozen prospect names out there for the people. So there's – between the names you gave me, the names I gave you, and circling back and doing our due diligence, uh, we got plenty of homework assignments. Uh, any uh, final thoughts before we wrap it all up? It's a deep class. Um, it's a deep class, and I think last year when we went over the seniors for linebacker edge, I don't know if there was a lot of top-tier, you know, first-round talent, but this year there is. So, you know, I think a lot of people write off the seniors and they go straight to the underclassmen because they're thinking, well, if they're seniors and they're still in college, it must not be that good. Well, you're wrong, and don't make that mistake of writing these guys off this year because it's an exciting group. It's an exciting group on both sides of the ball or both uh, in the trenches and off the ball. So get your notepads ready. Listen up. We're going to be doing this all year. Indeed. And I'm just, I'm skimming through some of the names. So many players we didn't even get a chance to talk about. I know some of the players I've had a chance to see up close or will have a chance uh, to see up close that we haven't mentioned. Uh, Wagner College, you know, you all know I've been out there. There's a defensive tackle by the name of uh, Jordan Baskerville. He might be more of a 34 defensive end at the next level. Uh, another guy I saw here, Galen Elmore, uh, 
the Minnesota transfer now at ECU. We have his interview up here on the Blog Talk Radio as well as the NFL Draft Bible website if you want to, you know, go one-on-one with him and learn about his journey. Kurt Haluba from Princeton is a guy that I'll have a chance to see up close in person. Again, I had a chance to talk with uh, the Buffalo Bills defensive line coach, Jim Salgado, about him. And, of course, uh, Coach Salgado was the defensive coordinator for the past several years down in Princeton before accepting the the Bills job this past season. And, you know, just so many players here. The list goes on and on. And, you know, we're just trying to cover all our bases because this is what we do here at the NFL Draft Bible. So, please, if you like the show, help us spread the word, share it, click it, like it. Uh, We appreciate all the support. If you have any feedback or you want to get a hold of me, you want to get on board with the show, hey, RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. It's pretty easy to get a hold of me. And uh, looking forward to it. In fact, you know, I'm going to be heading down to Monmouth College. They have a brand-new $16 million stadium renovation that I'm going to check out. Of course, Mike Basile, who we'll talk about on the defensive back show, a big-time FCS safety prospect, as well as Reggie White Jr., the wide receiver prospect there for the Hawks. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for the NFLDraftBible.com for more information on those guys. And we'll huddle up with Joe and Justin, figure out when we bring the defensive back preview show to you. It will be our last show of the College Gridiron Showcase preview series before the college football season kicks off and gets underway. It's really hard to believe. Unbelievable that 12 days from now we'll be up at UMass Amherst to watch Hawaii take on UMass. It's the first of 20 games of the college football uh, season that the College Gridiron Showcase and NFL Draft Bible myself personally will be on location. Of course, guys like Justin and Joe and Craig and Christian scattered at different games throughout the year, but uh, you can always follow us on the live stream on Facebook, on Twitter at NFL draft Bible, of course, NFL draft for all your draft needs. We're on fire over there right now. So check us out. CGS all-star.com nominate a player, check out the watch list, check out our documentary. Uh, shout out to uh, Jose Jefferson and Craig red, the co-founders. Joe Everett, our director of college football scouting, who couldn't join us today. And, of course, the star of today was Justin Gamble. Follow him at Gam Scout. Of course, Rick Saratella here at NFL Draft Bible. We'll catch you next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in here. It's been another edition of the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show. Back at it again. It's another edition of the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking. The top NFL Draft prospects on the planet each and every week brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible Broadcasting Around the Globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the RIT, Rick Saratella, we are on air.